the Kansas City Police Department, KCPD, SWAT team. They are about to serve a high-risk drug warrant, the fifth warrant service of that day. The targets of this warrant are sufficiently dangerous that the squad has obtained a no-knock warrant, meaning that they will storm through the door unannounced. The men are dressed in black from head to toe, their faces covered by masks that leave only their eyes exposed. Bullet-resistant helmets and body armor make them an intimidating sight. Senior Sergeant Charles Chip Huth, leader of the 1910 SWAT squad for eight years, is driving the lead van. He slows as the target residence comes into view, and his men stream from both vehicles as quietly and quickly as they can. Three officers sprint around to the back of the house and take cover supplying containment should the targets attempt to flee. Seven others, including Chip, run to the front door, six of them with their guns drawn. The seventh runs a well-used battering ram up to the door and slams it through. Police! they yell. Everybody down! Inside is Bedlam. Men attempt to scramble out of the room, some to the stairs and others down hallways. Young children stand as if paralyzed, screaming. A number of women cower in terror on the floor, some of them shielding infants who are screaming at the top of their lungs. Two of the men, the two suspects, it turns out, go for their weapons, but are taken down by officers. Don't even think about it, the officers shout. Then they pull the men's arms behind them and put them in cuffs. With all the young children, the scene in this home is more hectic than most, but within five minutes, the two suspects lie face down on the living room floor and the rest of the inhabitants have been gathered into the dining room. With everyone's safety secured, the officers begin their search. They move with purpose and precision. Chip notices his point man, Bob Evans, leaving the room, and he assumes Bob is simply joining the search. A couple of minutes later, Chip passes the kitchen as he walks down the hall. Bob is standing at the kitchen sink. A moment earlier, Bob had been rifling through the kitchen cabinets looking for white powder, not for contraband to be used as evidence against those they are arresting, but for a white powder that was of much greater immediate importance. He was looking for Similac. With babies crying and their mothers understandably in hysterics, this most alpha male of all the alpha males on Chip's squad was looking for a way to help them. When Chip sees him, Bob is mixing baby bottles. Bob looks at Chip with a faint smile and shrugs. He then picks up the bottles and begins distributing them to the mothers of the crying infants. Chip is delighted by this. He hadn't thought of baby bottles himself, but he completely understands what Bob is up to and why. This one act of responsiveness changed the entire scene. Everyone calmed down, and Chip and his men were able to explain the situation thoroughly and then smoothly turn the two suspects over to the detectives. Nevertheless, mixing baby bottles was such an unusual and unpredictable act that many people in police work, including the members of this SWAT team just a few years earlier, would have considered it irrational. But in Chip's squad, this kind of responsiveness is routine. It wasn't always this way. 
to appreciate the remarkable transformation that had come to the 1910 SWAT squad, we need to learn a little of Chip's challenging background and his history in the Kansas City Police Department. Chip was born in 1970, the son of an alcoholic, abusive career criminal and a bipolar, schizophrenic mother. When Chip's father was around, the family usually was running from the law, moving from state to state around the South. When his father was absent, Chip, his siblings, and their mother often lived out of a car, collecting cans and cardboard for recycling as a way to survive. One time when his father returned, promising that things would be different, his abuse of the family escalated. Chip, age 10 at the time, stood up to him, and this finally prompted Chip's mother to call the one person her husband feared her ex-Special Forces brother, who came to wrest the family away from the man.